And uh, let's just look at this together. I love this song that we sang earlier, Silent Night, Holy Night. And, you know, we're not, I mean, I'm not really talking with the worship team about what I'm going to be speaking about and the content. And it's just always awesome how all the music just comes together. And it's just like that music and that song there was just awesome. But I, the song Holy Night, Silent Night, Holy Night, I was, uh, just thought, man, the words of that song are just so apropos to just what has been brewing on my heart this week about Christmas. And I'd like to talk this morning just for a few minutes about the Christmas story, but from a perspective that maybe we haven't seen. And most of, in most of the world, in most cultures around the world, Christmas is celebrated on Christmas Eve. It's not celebrated on Christmas Day. Spanish culture, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the evening. It's the Christmas Eve. It's the big night. Uh, in Europe as well, my, my wife's culture in Poland, Christmas Eve is the big night. And it's not really, not a lot's going on Christmas Day. And you know, I, I think about that, and when I think about the Christmas Eve aspect, we read here in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Let's just start at verse 8, and I want to read just a few verses and just talk a little bit about darkness. <laughs> it's going to be a happy message, but I want to just hit this topic of darkness and what that meant when Jesus came into the world. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. And in the same region, and this is moments, chapter 2, we read a few verses earlier, that it came, for, it came time for Mary to give birth to Jesus. She gives birth to him, wraps him in swaddling clothes. That's, that's important because those are clothes that are used. Um, that signifies the imminent death of Christ on the cross. And they are in this, they are in this um, barn. They're in this place where the animals stay. And he's actually um, laying in a trough that pigs and the cows would drink and eat from. And we think of that, that just, we have like religious Christmas words that manger. And we have words like, the you know, there's the, you know, the, the words that we use to kind of take away the rawness of what's happening that night. It's a very raw night. And I'd like to talk about that for a few minutes. And in the same region where the shepherds were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. What time is it? Night. Okay. Nighttime. Let's keep that in mind. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. Okay. Shepherds in the night. What's the problem here? No one knows. No one is awaiting Christ's coming. In Micah chapter 5, verse 2, it is, it is prophesied that in Bethlehem, Jesus will be born, right? Um, kings in the east knew this. Uh, people in Daniel's court in Persia knew this. They had it all plotted out. If you had, uh, if you had understood prophecy, if you had understood the, the timing of God in the book of Daniel, you would have understood at this time that Jesus was going to be born. And there's no one there. Imagine that. God, the creator of the universe, lays out this incredible thing and no one shows up. Wow. What a downer, huh? It's like making a big dinner. You invite your whole family and everybody just, hey, you know, I can't make it tonight. This is, can't do this. I can't be there. And it's just you and, it's just you and, um, 
You know, there's a guy out there mowing your lawn. So it's like, hey, you hungry? <laughs> and we see here that an angel of the Lord appears to them. It's at night. The glory of the Lord shone around them. Try to imagine the scene, okay? You got shepherds. By the way, Egyptians considered shepherds as dirty, rejected people. They were taboo. They were not holy. They were, they were profane people. And so there were these shepherds on the night watch. I've worked at night. How many of you ever worked at night? Overnight? Okay. It's, it's, I don't know. There's something about the body that when it's night, your body's not functioning. It doesn't even matter if you sleep during the day. When you work at night, you're just not there. You're not, you're not there 100%. And so here are the shepherds by night. And the glory of the Lord. And let's try to look at this like we've never seen these verses before. Okay? The angel of the Lord appears to them. The glory of the Lord shines around these shepherds. Right? And they were filled with great fear. That song we sang, Silent Night, Holy Night. Shepherds quake. Wow. Shepherds quake. Can you imagine? Here we are. We live in a physical human world. And suddenly there are these supernatural beings in the sky. And there's light everywhere. And there's this one angel speaking, and it's like thunder. It's like, are we going to die here? This is what the shepherds are thinking. They're gonna, we're going to die. And so this, the angel's speaking, and light shines around. The angel said to them, fear not. I love that. Fear not. This is where the Christmas gospel begins. Fear not. First two words. Christmas story right here. This is what the angels say. Fear not. I want to talk about that this, this morning a little bit. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. All people. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you shepherds, though. This is for the world, and I'm giving this message to the shepherds. I'm giving you this message because no one else is here. And I'm calling out to you, not the mighty, not the popular, not the gifted, not the talented, not the rich, not the famous, but the foolish things that are of this earth. I'm giving you the gospel, shepherds. And this is for all people. And for unto you this day of, is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. Imagine that scene. I mean, imagine the scene where there is this host. I is just praising God. They're singing. They're speaking. And there are these just, just these group of just shepherds and they're just there imagine and they're shaking they're quaking what an amazing scene so what's going on in israel at this time israel is in a place of great darkness it's 400 years before they heard the last thing that god said god has not been speaking for about 400 years we see old testament end in the book of malachi with a curse it ends i mean if you read the book of malachi the end of the chapter the end of the chapter the end of the book ends with like cursed be and then it's kind of like the last thing that they hear from God. There are 613 commandments added to Moses' law. And this nation, at this point, Israel, is without capacity, no faith, no belief, no capacity even. And even if they knew Jesus was coming, they would have had no energy to go out there. They are done. They are just no motive. They are just zero. They are, they are at a place with no capacity to even believe God. And yet, here's Jesus being born, and there's this place of darkness. Um, and you know, at the time of Israel, when Jesus appears, there was so much demonic activity. Remember all the demons that Jesus is casting out? Does that sound a little strange to you? Like, does that look kind of weird? This was the state of Israel at the time. And so there was so much darkness, it was over the whole land. And I don't know if you've ever experienced darkness 
like been in a place that's very dark. Jeff and I and, and Marsha were driving down to pick up Bren, Brandon, Brandon, I keep Brandon at Miracle, I keep saying Brendan. And we, we just, I was about ready to run out of gas. We pull into this really sketchy gas station. I don't even know where we were. But there was this guy, and I mean, it was so sketchy. It was like we were down at the Port of Houston or something. I don't even know where we were, but I got, I got to find a gas station. We pull into this really sketchy gas station. There was this guy on the corner with a hood just standing like this on the corner of the street. We're like, what's he going to do? <laughs> just like standing like that. Then there's these guys kind of milling around, you know, the milling around the, uh, um, the parking lot. And so Marsha stayed in the car. I locked the car. <laughs> I locked the car. And Jeff goes in to use the men's room, and I'm pumping gas, and I'm thinking, okay, this is a dark place. You can feel the darkness. You can feel the oppression. You ever been in a place where you feel the oppression? I've been to Turkey, uh, Istanbul, Turkey. So it's a country given over to Islam. And you go to that country, and you can sense the sun can be shining, but you can feel the darkness pressing on you. This was the state of Israel. It was so dark. It was so dark. But you know something what happens, and that can happen in our culture in the woodlands. Here in the, we live in the woodlands. We live in a bubble here. Uh, there's a lot of darkness here. I mean, there is incredible darkness, and there is, uh, there's demonic activity that hides behind material objects. And there's so much darkness. There's things that are happening that are so dark that are underneath the surface. But when the darkness comes, this is where, this is where it becomes something that we begin to personalize it ourselves. We begin to internalize this. And how do we do that? Well, darkness clouds the mind. Ephesians chapter 4, verse, 7, uh, verse 17 and 18, these verses tell us that darkness clouds the mind of the unbeliever. And this darkness is something that is by choice. When a person decides in their life to, to, to um, not trust the gospel, then there's this darkness that comes into their life. And um, David experienced this in Psalm 13. If you read that psalm, it's very short, but he's agonizing over the darkness that is in his life. And we can begin to see how he begins to personalize his darkness. We live in a dark world as Christians, as individuals. How can we start personalizing this dark? How does this darkness get into our soul? How does it get into us? It is when we, it is, it is when we start living in shame. Shame, shame, fear, and guilt. Shame is the key word that when that darkness begins to get transformed into our soul. What do I mean by that? When we grow up, every one of us as kids in some way have experience or as adults have experienced some levels of shame. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's something that is, we've buried so much in the past that we're so shameful of it that we're ashamed to even talk about it. And we cover it up. We leave it back there. We just kind of tuck it under the rug. And we live in the shame. Why? Because we were not able to reach the ideal. Because we were not able to meet, meet the concepts that were expected of us. You know, this is Christmas season and there are so many crazy ideals. There are so many standards that people are living by. I gotta give this, I gotta do this, I gotta spend all this money. And these are these ideals, and to be honest with you, it's so exhausting. It's so soul exhausting. And is there's all this joy to the world, happiness, we're supposed to be happy, but just the opposite is happening in the soul. Why is that? Because there is this shame. Shame that has come on us in some way because of sin or failure or not meeting up. 
every one of us has a shame story. And that shame story is something that God wants to heal. That's not who we are. The shame can be, it can come on a, on a young, young kid in some way. It's amazing having a, a child. And if you that have kids can, you can, you can know what I'm talking about. When you see shame on your child's face, it's like, it's like you ever see that? Shame on your face. It's like it breaks your heart, doesn't it? And you just want to jump in their soul and just say, no shame, love, grace. And it can be something that can happen so easy. Shame, when we live in shame, we begin to internalize the darkness. And that darkness begins to seep into the soul. And it begins to make, it makes things very dark. But how do we deal with that? And I want to start talking about the good, the, the, the good news of the gospel. How do we deal with this darkness? Because we live in a dark world, but we also personalize it so many ways. You know, shame can come from neglect. Growing up in a, in a, in a neglected home where you are neglected. And you are not loved and you're just neglected. You are kicked to the side and there's that, there's that shame. And because you don't sense that love. You can have shame because of failure. You can have shame because um, it can be transferred to you by an apparent that is living in shame. Whatever the shame story is, it can be healed by this. What do we, how do we deal with this darkness? Number one, don't run from it. Don't run from it. Don't run away from the, the darkness when we think of night, when we think of darkness, and you read the Old Testament, and you read the New Testament, count how many times. This is some Christmas meditation for you. Count how many times God does miracles in darkness. Think about it. How many amazing things happen in the Bible in, at night? I did a little study this week. I don't know how accurate it is. But it seems to me, correct me if I'm wrong, that most women give birth to children at night or during the night hours, or during the dark hours. Am I wrong? Am I right? I don't know. Unless you, have, unless you have an induced birth. I don't know. But it just seems to be that the nighttime is where a lot of miracles happen. It's where God is doing great things. Jesus is crucified between the evenings, it says. That means that he's crucified at night. It was dark in the land. There's a great earthquake. And at night, the veil rips. And the Holy of Holies is open. Jesus is born at night. Think of all the incredible things that are happening at night. Genesis chapter 1, I was thinking about that this morning as I was driving in, that it was, the earth was formless and void. Sounds pretty desolate, doesn't it? Sounds like post-apocalyptic whatever. And, and it says that it was, it was formless and void and dark, yet the Spirit moved across the waters. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. It just tells me that God was in a state of rest, in darkness, when everything was confusing and chaos. Christmas time, we really try to put on this joy and this happiness. And we kind of set aside everything that's going on in our soul. And it kind of builds up, builds up, builds up. And then when it's Christmas Day, at Christmas dinner, we just blow up. I don't know what happens. Because we don't know how to deal with the darkness. Incredible things happen at night. We pray for a move of God. We take steps of faith. We make decisions to take up our cross. And then what happens? It gets dark. It just gets dark, doesn't it? I remember when my dad got saved and my mom just made a decision to come out of backsliding. And we decided as a family that we're going to move forward with God. And then it got very dark in our family. Finances just were crazy. Everything would, we were like an upper middle class family in America, lived just great life. And then it got dark. It just got dark. Because there was just this, these attacks. 
But I want to tell you something about darkness. God embraces it. God embraces darkness. Let me, let me explain to you why. Psalm 97, verse 2, the God of light dwells in thick darkness. You ever think about that verse? God of light, great light, great power, great amid. The God who is revealing himself to the world through his Son dwells in thick darkness. What does that mean? What does that mean? It means that God, it surrounds him. In that same verse in Psalm, in Psalm 97, verse 2, and then Psalm 139, verse 12. I love how David, David was so raw and so honest with his relationship with God. You can read it in the book of Psalms. It says that, that um, the darkness is light to God. Yeah. That in darkness, he doesn't see the darkness. Isn't that amazing? That God dwells in thick darkness. That to draw near to God, to, to experience God in your life, to, to take steps of faith in our life, to walk with God means that we're going to be walking through a cloud. There's going to be times of cloud. We're going to be like, we get a great vision from God. I want to serve God. I want to do this for God. And it's like the clouds come in. You know, it's like, wait, you know, where is everybody? It's just cloudy. You can't see anything. Have you ever driven at, during the day when it was so, the fog was so thick? I don't know about you guys. I haven't seen it so much here in Texas, but up north, there are some days, Pennsylvania, especially in, 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 in Massachusetts, where it was so, the fog was so bad. It was the middle of the day, so bad, that all you could do is just kind of hug. You have to look at the line on the side of the road and just kind of follow that and just don't go fast. You know, when it's dark and it's cloudy in your life, don't make rash decisions. Don't get emotional. Just kind of follow the line, that stable line, which is God in your life. Don't make big decisions when things are quick, when things are crazy. Just rest, chill, relax. And when it's dark, I love this. Here's another great example of darkness in the Old Testament, Exodus 14, verse 20. Remember when it says that, that the Israelites were being chased by the Egyptians? Remember this, verse 20 of chapter 14? They're being chased by the Egyptians. They get, they, get, they get pushed up against the Red Sea. And then what happens that night, the cloud that is leading them by day moves behind them. It moves behind the Israelites. And the attacking army, the, the Egyptians, they could not see the Egypt. They could not see the Israelites because there was a cloud there. There was a cloud there. The darkness, the confusion, the, the mystery of God, the, 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 the inability to know God outside of revelation of the, through the word and the Holy Spirit. The Egyptians could not see the people of God. And that night, it says that the darkness separated the Israelites from the from the Egyptians, and there was light in the camp of the Israelites. There was darkness in the Egyptian camp. That's how we live our life. When you and I draw near to God, we talk about Christmas, there's clouds and there's darkness there. Jesus was born in darkness. Jesus was born at a dark night. He was born at a very dark time in Israel. And it says here in Isaiah chapter nine, I wanna look at two verses here. You don't have to turn there, just listen to me because of time. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of intense darkness, this is the Amplified, and the shadow of death, death upon them has this light shine. Two groups of people here. There are people that walk in darkness. They're kind of moving through it. It's like, okay, this is a dark time in my life. I'm moving, okay, I see a great light. Okay, I'm passing through it. But then there's another group of people. And these are people that just live in darkness all the time. They're just in continual warfare. It's like dark all the time. Sometimes there's light, but it's like dark. 
And it says here that there's intense darkness and the shadow of death. Have, it, have you ever had so much darkness in your life you think you're going to die? I have. I've felt it. I felt, okay, this is the end. This is where my life ends. I'm going to die. And you're thinking, is this how it ends? Like, okay, I'm going to die. I say that laughing, but it's, it's really dark. And at this intense darkness and the shadow of death upon them has the light shined. And this is a present continuous action, meaning the light is shining on them. And Christ is verse 6, for us a child is born. Interesting that, this, that Isaiah is talking about darkness. And then it talks about a child being born. There's something about birth in the midst of darkness. Uh, my wife and I foster to adopt. And uh, fostering is amazing. I mean, these guys do it. Um, blended families, it's also in a way fostering to adopt. And when you think of the darkness that you can see in families, there's something that God wants to give birth to, and that is His Son. And that's what Christmas is all about. Um, How do we get out of this dark state? When we sense the darkness in our life, how do we get out of that? Uh, Instead of personalizing the darkness, God wants us to personalize the birth of Christ. Jesus was born, He wasn't just born in darkness, the world's darkness. Jesus was born in our darkness. We look at darkness, we say, okay, the world's dark, and then Jesus died for everybody, praise the Lord, but then what about my own personal darkness? You know what we have to understand is that Jesus was born in that. We look at, we look at God, we see Him sending His Son, and He's not born in a palace, we know that. He's not born in pomp and fame and splendor. He's born in a very dark place. And it seems to me that the grace of God seeks out the darkest corners. God's love, God's word, God's work, God's ministry in our life is not out just to look for the palaces in our Christianity, all the great stuff, the shiny Christian bling-bling in our life. Praise the Lord, brother. Amen. Let's believe God. He's looking for the dark corners in our life that when we're by ourselves and it's getting very dark, Jesus wants to, he is seeking that out and he wants to speak to that. And he wants to speak to our deep darkness. You know something? There's a lot of darkness in the woodlands. And I think it's because there's a lot of ideals. You know, we all know that, that the woodlands has one of the highest rates of teenage suicide in the United States. Woodlands, I understand, is one of the top ten most wealthiest communities in the United States. Am I correct? I may not be correct. It's up there. It's because there's 12 families in the woodlands. This was explained to me recently. There's 12 families in the woodlands that are very uber-rich, and they just run the whole thing. We live in a society that has so much idealism, and that creates, and we said this last Sunday, that creates so much anxiety, and that creates so much stress, because here's my real life, and here's the ideal, and I'm not meeting the ideal, and the space between the ideal and my experience in my life create is called a vacuum. And that vacuum just, it just, it just sucks in anxiety, and stress, and this is where all the mental illness comes from. Mental illness, by the way, if you don't know the grace of God and the finished work of Jesus Christ, we're mentally ill. I mean, everybody has a measure of mental illness in their life. It's not just the people that you can see it in their life, but it's, it's any time that we don't have a revelation of the grace of God. Jesus was not born in just the darkness of the world. He's born in the darkness of our life. And if there's darkness in our life, we, don't, we just want to hide that because of shame, and we want to go behind the curtains, and we just want to be like, okay, 
and there are these isolated moments. There are these moments where we just want to run and hide. I remember we were at a holiday dinner uh, years ago, and it was a big table, lots of food, and lots of fun. We were all joking around, and it was great. And someone started choking, but nobody knew it. Nobody knew that this guy was choking. This guy stands up, and he goes into the other room. He's trying to clear so he can't. He's choking. And suddenly, finally, someone realized, okay, this guy is choking. Where is he? So they went out, and they gave him the highlight, and he recovered. But that is a thing. Um, EMTs tell me that this is a major, this is how many people die. They just go into the other room because they're ashamed. They choke to death. Nobody knows what's going on. We cannot do this in Christianity. When we are struggling with darkness, when we have this darkness in our life, when we want to withdraw, because when we are shame, we are wearing shame, we are just shameful, we feel shameful because of the darkness in our life, we think we're going to be rejected. At that moment, we can't run into the other room. We have to understand that Jesus was born in that darkness. He was born right there. And Jesus is not ashamed of our darkness. We'd be like, okay, God would be so ashamed of my darkness. I don't want to talk to anybody about my darkness. They're going to think I'm weird. Jesus was born in that darkness. He was born there. And he seeks that out. And that's the grace of God. It goes to the lowest point in our life and it seeks it out. If you look at the way water runs when it's raining, it's always going to go to the lowest point. Fill that vacuum up first before it, could, before it rises and goes to the next thing. God's grace and his love and his gospel wants to pour into the lowest parts of our life. When it gets dark, and when, it, when we think, like, man, I wanted to do this for God, and now it's just super dark, <laughs> it's like, don't quit, man. God's dealing with you in some deep ways, and this is all part of the work of God. Don't get discouraged. If God can show up in the darkness of a stable, I want to close with this. If God can show up in the darkness of a stable, among the animals and the shepherds, the night shift, okay, he can show up anywhere. He can just show up anywhere. If God can just show up in the darkest place when no one shows up, God doesn't get offended. He's like, okay, I'm taking my son back. You guys, like decades and centuries and millennium I've been preaching. I've been prophesying about the coming of Christ. And no one's there. No one's to show up. No one's there in the city of David. Micah 5, 2. God doesn't get offended. He's born in our darkness. If he can be born in darkness, he can show up anywhere. We might even look for him in the messy places of our life. Okay? You got a manger in your life. You got like a... You got like a dirty place in your life? Look for God there. Just think, oh, God's not there. That's dirty. That's gross. That's yucky. No, Jesus wants to be born there. He wants to be manifested there. He wants to show up there. He wants to get into that area of our life and love on us and say, I love you. And maybe we don't even know what our problems are. We don't even know what our problems are. Jeremiah 17, our heart is so messed up we can't even know it. Maybe we can't even assign. We can't, no doctor can tell us what's wrong with us. Let Jesus be born in that place. What does that mean practically? It means this. It's that God, in, in Psalm 103, it says that God sent his word. He may heal them. Healing comes through the spoken word of Christ. It doesn't come through some mystical experience. It doesn't come through anything else but the spoken word. Every time we see Jesus healing people in, in, the, in the gospels, he's speaking. He's speaking. He's speaking. God spoke in Genesis chapter 1 and there was light. Word comes before light. Go to the word. When it's dark, go to the word. Read the promises. Get built up. Get stirred up. Get quickened in the spirit of your mind. And where's the word abiding? It's in the body of Christ here. It's in the body. Be around a community of people that are word-speaking people, that are speaking into your life. I need that. I'm a pastor and I need that. You guys wonder, why does he want to just everyday meet? 
because I need it. <laughs> I need to meet every day with y'all. I mean, that's what I need because, you know, I'm, I'm a broken sinner. And when we realize that, then we hunger and thirst after the word. We hunger and thirst after the, after the body of Christ. And that's the beauty of it. And when we let the word and we mix faith with the word of God, Jesus is born in our darkness. And that may be a wrestle. We may be, it may be a few hours. It may be something that we're wrestling with. But if you just like mix faith and trust the word and let Jesus be born in that situation, there's no shame. There's no shame. There's no shame. It's just Jesus and I'm living with a new garment. We're living with a new, with a new name and a new life. Old things are passed away. You are not your shame. Just deny that. Cast that down and say that's a lie from the devil in John chapter 8. And say get, get behind me that projection and just move forward. Because you know something? Everybody has a shame story, but that's not your story. My story began when Christ rose from the dead and he was birthed in, when he was birthed in Bethlehem. And now we're celebrating a birth of a new story and a new life. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise Let's the just Lord. stand the Lord. Let's just stand together. I want, to, I want to sing this song once again, Silent Night. And let's just sing that with this in mind, that in our darkness, in our brokenness, in our blindness, when we couldn't even see what was going on, Jesus was born. He was not ashamed. He was not offended. He was not angry. He said, I'm going to come anyway because legalism and law and religion and ideals have killed the capacity in the people of God in Israel to even believe and to look for Christ. Because even when we did not look for him, he sought us out. Amen? Let's sing this together. Mm-hmm.